Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This episode is brought to you by Accenture. A better you starts with better hydration. Accenture is on a mission to inspire people to do what matters most. Their proprietary ionization process transforms water from any source into ionized alkaline water, providing water that's 99.9% pure with a pH of 9.5 or higher. Essentia Overachieving H2O, the number one ionized alkaline water. Shop now. Hello, it's Lee Salisbury here. Welcome to Soap from the Box, the TV behind-the-scenes podcast where I speak to some of the biggest stars from the biggest shows. EastEnders, Neighbours, Home and Away, Hollyoaks, Coronation Street and Emmerdale. I directed Soap for over 10 years, so it's a bit of an insider's guide and you get the best behind-the-scenes stories. Also remember, Pop from the Box, the spin-off show, you can download some of the world's biggest music stars. We had... Sophie Ellis Baxter on Friday. But today it's time for another soap star, a proper OG, one of the original cast members of Channel 4's Hollyoaks. So many live stories, so many amazing things he's done. I can't wait to speak to him. Enjoy. My guest today rose to instant fame when he landed the role of Rory Finnegan, Finn, in Hollyoaks soon after it began in 1997. Staying for five years, he became one of the most popular stars, but left Finn behind and brushed up on his medical knowledge to take the role of Abs Denham for five years on Casualty. He's since appeared, in, he's since appeared on some of the UK's biggest shows and is now a regular on the stand-up comedy scene. It's a pleasure to welcome James Redman. Hi, James. Hi, how are you doing? Yeah, good. Thanks, mate. So, I mean, what, what we do on the podcast is always start with the soap. And there's obviously kind of a couple, a few for you, and then talk about a bit more about you. But um, I didn't know this and whether it's true, because it's from Wikipedia and a lot of stuff is absolute rubbish on there. But apparently <laughs> you were modelling when uh, before you got Hollyoaks, you were spotted by fashion scout Kelvin French. Not that I know who that is. And uh, you're in Milan and then you got Hollyoaks from kind of the adverts. Is that kind of true? That's right. Yeah, it's a bit of a weird way to start. Having never done any training, you know, um, not sure if that shows. <laughs> um, but um, yeah, I was traveling around and um, working in bars and stuff. And I got I was on Mykonos working in the bars there. And I got scouted and this guy, Calvin, said, you know, do you fancy modeling? I said, well, I've never done any. And he said, well, um, why don't you move to Milan? I, wow. said, I, don't even, I, don't, I don't even live in London. I live in Bristol. Um <laughs> But, but then I went back and he, he kept in contact. I thought, well, you know, my cousin's out there. She she was a dancer at the time, so I can go and stay with her. And just as soon as I got there, I just started working, which was amazing. I couldn't really believe it. I wasn't really ready for it. I was very lucky. I came off the sort of wave of that sort of um, uh, heroin chic, they were they were calling it, although I'm, I've never done drugs in my life. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> yeah. But, oh, yeah. That, that, that's what that, that was the Kate, famous Kate Moss time, wasn't it? That's it. Yeah. Because yeah. when... I got offered the modelling contract. I was like, well, it's all, you know, 
it's all Nick Kamen and, you know, all these sort of what I would call handsome guys, you know, with olive skin and, and bob haircuts and muscles and stuff. <laughs> do, they, do they really want me? I look like I've just been, you know, dredged up from somewhere. So skin, bleach, bleach white hair and all this. And, um, but yeah, that's what they wanted. The, the girls had come through the year before. This is like 93, I think. And then this is 94. I got offered a contract because they wanted boys who looked like Kate, I guess, you know, and I was working. I did a couple of jobs with, with Kate in the first few months. And oh, did you? Lucky. Oh, amazing. Yeah, I just I just worked. I was very lucky. I just worked constantly. And then the whole Britpop thing happened in 96. And I looked a bit like Damon by then. I had a bit. Oh, yeah. Basin. Damon album from Blur. Yeah. Yeah, I had a base and haircut, and I used to get mistaken for him a little bit. And I started getting more and more work. And I thought, this is weird. Why am I getting more work? And then my agent told me. So Thanks, David. Thanks very much, mate. <laughs> <laughs> these, these clients keep saying, we want a sort of Britpop-looking guy. So I just kept getting work. It's very That's lucky. That's amazing. I've always wanted to say, I mean, what's it like when you get scouted? I mean, surely your first instinct must be, oh, yeah, whatever. Do you know what I mean? If someone comes up to you going, do you want to be a model? Well, yeah. I mean, I, I was in a gay bar in Mykonos uh, and Calvin... <laughs> gay so it was a bit like uh yeah is this back at your apartment it's just, <laughs> yeah it's you and me <laughs> but it but it wasn't and um yeah i mean it was it was pretty sort of crazy you know very exciting but also no one believes you all your mates at home and your family go oh, okay so you've been to yeah. the summer but you're definitely straight right okay <laughs> got bleached white hair and loads of piercings right but you're definitely straight okay and they've been off to go to milan and model with this guy who's saying you can stay here and he's gay okay but you're, <laughs> you're not, definitely gay. not gay this is brilliant i love it <laughs> <laughs> and then and then so hollyoaks did that kind of i mean at the time was hollyoaks i mean it, i your days of being in it. I mean, I'm not that much younger than you, but I, I was my end at uni kind of when I loved it. It was huge. Was it, was it huge when you joined? It wasn't. Well, it was just getting there. I mean, I, I think it started filming in September 95 and went on air 96, I think. And I joined early 98. So your intro slightly off. Oh, there. slightly I'm... wrong. Okay. Oh, God. Oh, right. Okay. Sack right, myself fine. for that. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, 98, I started. I remember, you know, because I'd done like 11 tv commercials in in one year wow uh, and my yeah my agent said that's too too many i said oh sorry and he said no 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 oh, she she said no no it's good it means that you can act a bit i said i can't and she said well why don't you start doing some acting classes so i signed up for act, acting classes and then just before i started i got this audition and she said look go go along i'm sending vernon um to he's like a mate mate of mine modeling at the same time vernon k um go up there um and just see what an audition is like you know it's, a, it's an open call like 100 guys there going today it's like the third day of it you won't get it but it's a good experience for you <laughs> wow i bloody got it you know i was there <laughs> i was there the whole day i didn't it was the it was the final day of three days of like an open call trying to find this new guy uh and i got the job and i've I've spoken to, to, to phil redmond no relation uh since he was the boss there I don't remember this, but at the time, in the final audition, um, Vernon had gone gone home by by, by then. I was still in Liverpool. Um, he and the producer Joe Hallow said, "Look, we really like you for this role." And I said, "Oh no, 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 no! I can't act. <laughs> yeah, I've not done my I've not done my classes yet." Yeah, I said, "I haven't started my classes. I'm just here for the experience." But thank you for seeing me. And they said, "No, no, no. We think you're really good. You've got a potential." I said, "Well, no, no. Don't give me the job. I'm, I'm going to let you down. Honestly, I don't know what I'm doing. I'm just blagging it. Really, that's I'm just amazing. being myself." You know, and they said, "Well, that's good, really, because you can take notes and you're like a sponge to us. We can yeah. help you." And 
it was a great place to start because all the directors were like fresh out of college uh, and most of the actors were out of stage school or drama school or uni or whatever. So it's like a real sort of uh, learning vibe there. You know, everyone was quite open to giving each other notes and and help. And I was so lucky. I got I got paired with Ben Hull. Yes, of course, Lewis. Yeah, who is a a brilliant talent, and secondly, just a lovely giving bloke. And he was just constantly saying, "That's that's really good, mate." Just, you know, really bigging me up the whole time. And then whenever I had any problems, he'd say, "Do you want some help?" I go, "Yeah, sure," and he'd help me. And I could oh, always go to ask. Yeah, so he taught me so much stuff. You know. Tech, uh, you know, even the technical stuff like hitting marks and you know not shadowing each other, not o- overlapping each other, and all this stuff. And they're, the, also- they're the hardest things actually. Like I've worked with um, when I've directed, so you know, and you get actors in from the National Theatre, for instance, but actually they're not used to hitting marks and lights on on TV. It's kind of a big skill to learn, isn't it? Because you can't, yeah, you can't look like real. you're looking at a mark. Yeah, and you see it a lot. I'm sure you do too. Watching movies, I mean, I saw Marlon Brando do it. Um, yes, in- yeah, I've seen yeah, seen so many people. It's mad, isn't it? streetcar you think he's maybe the best actor of all time but every time he walks anyway he looks down before he, he stops <laughs> yeah. um yeah and i had it on casualty you know because we get what was great about casualty one of the things was that we'd have 10 guest artists a week you know three um uh patients and then their back backstory um cast um and we get some amazing actors who've done you know like oscar winners and oscar nominated yeah. actors come in and brilliant talents that you're just in awe of working with and then they'd you know look at their marks or overlap you or do something that they're not really <laughs> really used to doing because they're mainly theater actors who've done the odd film you know yeah yeah so that was a sort of leveling um experience really well i love and i love the fact that you're probably the only person ever to have been trying to talk someone out of giving you a job <laughs> you know <what> I mean? <laughs> I know. that's incredible please don't give it to me don't give it to me well and i then- actually got them to to, to um uh, give me lessons I, I had lessons the first so it must be the first six months um they gave me lessons and then they gave a few others lessons which you won't, won't be surprised to some listeners they gave a few of us lessons like we're doing work, workshops you know it was all it was it was the guys there were a few of us i was the first one i think who had never done any acting at all not even done a school play and then after me there were a couple of um other models who'd come through as well so they were doing the the, the same sort of thing and that's um, probably why it was so big though with um, students especially do you know what i mean that it was a bunch of new actors not that i think everyone was really good in it but that you had that emmerdale which at the time was quite hokey i mean it was quite hammy whereas then you just had this new group and you guys i mean there was you will meller uh obviously nick pickard lewis i mean and then you uh terry dwyer you guys kind of became massive didn't you as a group yeah well again i was lucky just after i started um andy peters um took over at channel Four teenage programming and he uh he kind of invented this thing on a which was like five programs aimed at teenagers, uh, teenage programming on Channel 4, T4. T4, um, God, which was massive yeah. for anyone who's... Which was huge. Yeah. And, you know, we were, on, we were on equity minimum rates, you know, uh, so I'd be, I'd be speaking, I'd be bumping into like Adam Rickett thinking, wow, you're on four times my wages. <laughs> I'm like, what? But then suddenly our wages doubled because we were suddenly on twice a week. You know, we got the uh, omnibus. And it was amazing. So it, it was, a, and it was just so successful. We, we went from, I joined, it was two uh, nights a week and then it went up to three and then to four nights a week. And then we got the omnibus as well. This is all within the first sort of six months. So it's like it doubled, then then doubled again. So, wow, this is amazing. I haven't really learned to act yet, but thank you. <laughs> yeah, this is incredible. Yeah, it was a fun, t- it was a really good time for 
TV and for because obviously then also kids and young people didn't have social media to go on every second of the day. So like things like because imagine now I always I used to work on Saturday morning TV four hours. Can you yeah. imagine kids now sitting down for five hours to watch a show? Like no. it happen. It's changed so much, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, it really has. I mean, it was a great time. I mean, everyone says, don't they, in their 50s, oh, it's better in my day. But it really <laughs> yeah, was great. I know, we've it, been it old. It really was a great, yeah, <laughs> it really was a great, great time. And I learned, obviously, you know, you enjoy your job when you're learning, don't you, and improving and getting paid better and better all the time. It's, it's just really... Yeah, it gets better and better. How, and yeah, and, and I suppose at that age as well, I mean, fame is a questionable thing. Some people like it, some people don't. I mean, how did you handle it? Because obviously it must be, as a younger guy or a younger girl, kind of is the thing of dreams i suppose that people are you know knowing who you are you can get into clubs in the vip section and stuff was it kind of did you find it a nice ride that time yeah i mean luckily you know once once again i was lucky as i was 26 when i started um although i was playing a 19 year old um and i'd already been through a kind of brush with fame um from doing the modeling, the modeling. not yeah. famous you know for my name but i've been on bill billboards and adverts and cat, catwalks and all that and i got used to, i'm being paid far too much for doing nothing really and i kind of got used to that and um i've earned a lot a lot of money modeling then then lost it all you know just burnt it all um so i kind of learned from from that um but yeah it does it's a weird thing getting recognized and you know and and you know, frank, frankly, being uh, getting more attention from 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 women that perhaps you wouldn't have done before, which was, yeah. which was um, but it does mess with your ego, and you do sort of lose sight of, of yourself and turn into this kind of version of yourself. The the, the funniest one was that when I first joined, they, they gave me all these um, uh, cards of myself. You know, pick. Um, oh yeah, yeah, the cast cards to sign for people. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and, and you've got like a thousand made everything. Oh, I'm not going to do a thousand autographs, am I? Yes. And um, and here's some marker pens, and you'd carry these around with you every day. And of course, I just did because I didn't know that that's what wankers do, really. Yeah, not <laughs> really. And uh, none of my mates and colleagues, they said, yeah, 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 we all do that. And this is uh, before mobile phones. I was in Tesco, Allerton Road in Liverpool, which is where my, my grandmother was from. It's just like an embarrassing thing. And I'm, I'm in I'm in Tesco walking around with this big bunch of cards and a pen. <laughs> and, and this little old lady spotted me and sort of double took and then walked up. And I thought, oh, here we go. My, my, my first ever autograph. So I took my card and pen out. And she went, hello, love. I'm so sorry to do this. Uh, can you reach that down for me? Because I'm six foot three. <laughs> That's what she was looking at. So amazing. Oh my God, that <laughs> is hilarious. Right, well, I'm going to take you down a little memory lane uh, trip with a quiz to get through some of the storylines, see if you can remember these. Right. We should do, I think. Who discovered, so this was uh, your first episode, who discovered Finn in Jambo's old shed? Ooh, um, God, was it Tony? It was, yeah. Tony Nick Picard, mm. of course, who's still at Hollyoaks. I mean, he's the god of Hollyoaks. And uh, that became a great relationship, didn't it? Really comical rivalry. And you ended up, which I love being basically his dad. Yes, it was great. I mean, Nick, as I'm sure you know, is just a beautiful human being. Just yeah, a, a lovely, amazing. He's like team captain of that show. He's just so welcoming and lovely to everyone. He runs the football team and a lot of the nights out, and he's just a, a great leader. Really, just chivies everyone on. And I was again lucky that I was in scenes mainly with with Ben Hull and Nick Pickard because Nick was lovely too, and, and he's very fun, very talented as well. I mean, when he does the straight stuff, I think, wow, he's, he's really good actor. I'm kind of used to him doing the funny stuff, but he's he's got such comedy, such good comic timing, like like Ben has as well. So I was I was lucky again because often I'd do a scene 
I was new, you know, and those two are both, you know, seasoned professionals. I'd, I'd have a scene where they had all the all the uh, dialogue for like three or four pages, and then I'd have just one sarky line at the end, one sort of comedy line, and I'd, I'd steal the laugh, you know. Um, but they they worked to sort of make that work. They weren't, you know, jealous or competitive or, you know, like you hear of you know, some actors being on other shows. I was very lucky. Yeah, yeah. No, it's, it's always like that Hollyoaks thing. And again, because it's a very unique that you get a show where most of the cast is the same age. Do you know what I mean? Because normally it's a yeah. really big mixture. So on Coronation Street, for example, I mean, everyone gets on, but it's very, very different pockets of people. Because obviously you've got people from like 12 to 90. Yeah, that's the thing. I, I really noticed that. Having done, you know, I did seven episodes of Corey. And yeah, I think you did six a few, yeah. Them. And um, it's a much bigger cast. I mean, although the Hollywood cast is bigger now. Um, but yeah, you're right. It's different sort of cliques of people. Of course, there are different age groups and, and you know, people in different stages of their lives and stuff. But it's funny at Hollyoaks because it's, um, it's you know, an independent company that makes it for Channel 4. And the wages are, you know, lower than, than the other than shows. The other, yeah, which it's still true, isn't it? It's still true that. Yeah. Yeah. But that's because the audience figures are lower, you know, and if that weren't the case, I wouldn't have had my chance. And most of yeah. us wouldn't, you know, because yeah. we we took those jobs, you know, and, and and it was great. But as a consequence, lots of people there are learning, you know, some of the first ADs should be second. Some of the directors should be first ADs, but they're getting their chance now and they learn quickly and they become brilliant, you know, and um, and everyone kind of parties together. It was It's long hours, you know, as I'm sure you know, it's sort of... Yeah, yeah. Seven, well, and everyone seven, kind of... I six, remember when I was week. there, everyone lives down um, the same lines street. At night, but you still go out every Yeah, everyone's out and everyone kind of lives on yeah, the same street. pretty much. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there are loads of them on Lark, Lark Lane and there, there are two or three sort of big pockets of where people are. But yeah, I mean, everyone, there's always a leaving, there's always a birthday party, always stuff going on. You think, oh, I've got, I've got 10 scenes tomorrow. How are you all going out again? <laughs> yeah that's kind of early soap life as well isn't it what i loved mm. about hollyoaks as well it's very different because obviously the the bit uh, emmerdale and corrie and east you've got the big studios with the big sets and when i arrived to do hollyoaks i was like wow it was in i think it's still in the same place isn't it but it was in an old kind of school yeah. and just that's i right. mean I, I never found my way around it was literally impossible you'd suddenly be in someone's bedroom do you know what i mean yeah well get get this i mean it's, it's, it's quite a small campus really but get this when i was there they had brookie and grange hill there as well so you'd what? walk at the from... same time on that same place yeah. yeah so you'd walk from you know the cunningham's living room and you'd, you'd turn left rather than right oh sorry i've just walked into an action and there's you know paul byatt doing a scene from brookie oh, in his wow. front yeah yeah it was it was really interesting and then you'd you'd, you'd walk down to the camp canteen and see half the grange hill cast yeah it was interesting and then they just spread it and spread it because I think it was so successful for Hollyoaks um, so quickly. They weren't really ready. So we were going to Chester a couple of days a week to, to film. And then it was like, wow, we need to be here more because it's just taking too much time to do all that traveling and just, you know, build the set. So that suddenly, you know, we well, can't build out. Let's build up. So suddenly it was two or three floors high, you know. Yeah, that's true. And that's what they keep doing with the outside sex. It's quite small, but they've now built... The last one is that they built a wall that you can now walk along. It's like, let's keep building up. Um, but let's get back to the quiz. So what was, um, Finn was a bit of a ladies' man. Can you name two yeah. of his um, conquests? Well, Jude, of course, was was the Jude first one. Of course, yes. Yeah. Uh, the, the the lovely Divinia. Uh, and then uh, Carol, of course, was his long-term girlfriend as well. Yes, yeah. And, you yep. know, just for a bonus, Tony's mum. You know, why yes, not? Victoria, which obviously that started, <laughs> I think I'm right in saying that was an affair and then Tony found out you didn't know it was his mum when you started sleeping with her. 
That's what he said. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Finn had other ideas. Um, now, Hollyoaks has been... Oh, is this a quiz? Oh, no, this, this is not a quiz question. This led off to this. I was going to say, because it's always been known obviously more than the other soaps for it, fit boys, fit girls, you know, that I, I I remember doing so many scenes where you just thought, why is this person topless in this scene? I don't really get it. But anyway, <laughs> go with it, go with it. It's Hollyoaks. Uh, but I mean, it's changed so much since you were in it. The pressure now, obviously, on younger actors with social media. I mean, are you glad that you're in something like that before social media? Because obviously the the trolling and the critics now of you on telly is huge. Yeah. And also before muscles, really, you know, because yes. when I was on, yeah. you know, you had about sort of six of the main male characters and you know one or two of them were quite muscular and the rest of us were quite skinny really you know and and didn't use sunbeds you know and, and perhaps looked a little bit rubbish I mean these guys today they don't drink they don't do anything they're in the gym every day as well as going as well as working they bleach the teeth it's like wow we could not have competed with I them. know well it's you're the same kind of we're kind of from the same generation I said I say this to younger people like we gyms just kind of didn't exist no one went to the gym yeah. of my well, mate. What, what, What's worse is that I did go to the gym, but I was still skinny. Oh, did you? <laughs> yeah, I did, yeah. But, yeah, I mean, it, we were just going out so much, but the pressure wasn't – I mean, obviously, compared to the girls, it was nothing because the girls just had so much scrutiny, you know. Even back back then in the late 90s, it was FHM and Lodi were doing photo shoots. Oh, of and, course. FHM was massive, wasn't it? That was kind of where, yeah. where you had to get into if you wanted to make your name then. That's it. And the girls just felt so much pressure. And you think, God, you really don't need to feel this pressure. You know, you're really beautiful and also talented, you know. But, oh, no, 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 no. I need a new con- contract. I need to, you know, so-and-so has just done the cover. I need to do one as well. Oh, and it was just so much pressure uh, pressure for, for for girls who were, you know, frankly, younger than us too. Because most of the guys there were in their 20s playing teenagers. And the girls were teenagers playing teenagers on the whole. You know, it's quite quite hard. I mean, there's a good team of producers there, you know, making sure that they were okay with their you know, chaperones and their parents were often around and all that. But it is a lot of pressure. Yeah, of course, no matter what you do, that's like duty of care, though. It's always going to be fame. Just is going to just that level of kind of I need to look like, like you said, so-and-so's on the cover. I need to do it because otherwise I'm not going to get contract, which kind of is true as well. But let's get back to it. Um, After a, after a bank loan, which popular Hollyoaks fixture did Finn build? Oh, he built, well, he built the loft, the yes. nightclub. Is that what yes. Yeah, yes, he's been very good, mate. And that's still, the legacy still continues. The loft is still there, I think, isn't it? Yeah. I know, I know. I, I should still be getting paid. I should surely get some money. <laughs> yeah, you, you, you. Maybe only that. Finn. Maybe, maybe just fictionally I should. Finn should, you know, but surely. Um, and whose death made uh, Finn rethink his life plans? Uh, Lewis's death? Yes, Ben Hull, who obviously I, I looked through your social media, actually, and he's godfather, I think, to your, to your child. He is. It? Yeah, he is, and vice versa. Yeah, I'm godfather to his second daughter. Yeah, he's, he's a good friend of mine, Ben, obviously, and um, he lives not too far from me, so we kind of meet up as often as we can. That's really nice. I love to hear that people do stand up, because you always hope that people have stayed in touch. It's like when the friends cast got back together, and it's a bit like, I'm not, sure you've <laughs> awkward, seen each- yeah. I'm not sure you've seen each other at all since you've left. Um, <laughs> yeah, I see, I see Nick a bit as well, because Nick, obviously, he's up there, but he's got his pub in um, in uh, Ladbroke Grove, so I you know, I, I see him. Oh, of course he has, yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, final question about Hollyoaks, how did Finn leave Hollyoaks? I mean, I kind of love this. This is amazing. Finn left on a barge with Cat Dealey, you know, <laughs> and was that was that tying into what i'm going to ask next about because you then went on to present smtv was that to do with i did 
Yeah, it was. Yeah, I mean, she was trying to get into acting at the time, and I was uh, offered that job. Um, and I, I thought about it, and then <laughs> most of my friends said, "Yeah, go and try it." None of them said, "No, you're too good an actor. Stay as an actor." They all said, "Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah you should yeah, go and it. try something else. Try and do a different thing now." <laughs> um, so yeah, it was kind of written in in that in that way. But um, typical Finn, you know, he meets this this beautiful woman and takes her off on his barge, you know, classy to the end. Classy, oh, anyway, it was Captain. That's amazing. And then you did do SNTV. Uh, so I'm guessing you did you take over from Anton Deck? I did. So you know, yeah, I mean, because you only like, you were only there three months, which must have been gutting. But I mean, what? Because I was working on the other side. I was on the Saturday show and live and kicking. Oh right, yeah, yeah. We were being like trounced. Do you know what I mean? So. Uh, it, well, I mean, you couldn't have. T- I mean, no one. I mean, what a job to step into! It must have been nerve wracking. Oh, it's, I mean, it was so exciting. But yeah, as I say, you know, quite big shoes to fit into, especially because there were four of them. You know, but um, yeah, it was really tough. Um, I mean, I, I did, I did my best, and we worked really hard on it. Um, but yeah, I mean, in in the end, it was it was just too much, too early because I hadn't done any presenting. I was so used to sort of you know looking, just you know avoiding the camera. <laughs> but it probably I'm wasn't actually... you either though because i think whenever a big show's happened it never were i mean i did what not where um, they replaced julian susanna with two brilliant people but it just never it's really hard to recapture it. it's normally then the third person to take over normally then kind of yeah it, it's almost like things need to rest exactly yeah i mean had i been new to it had it been a new show i think perhaps i could have done done better or had as you say had i been uh coming in off the back of a flop <laughs> yes yeah <laughs> rather than easy. yeah yeah. yeah, yeah, uh, but still, yeah. what great! I mean, I used to love Saturday morning telly working on it. It was such a buzz, wasn't it? I mean, incredible. Yeah, I mean, as you say, I did. I did you know, it was ten, ten three-hour shows of live telly. You know, so that was pretty demanding and daunting. You know, but it was it was great fun. Again, you know, the the, the writers were great. The, the um the sketches that we did were just brilliant fun. And um, you know, and I I, I loved working with with Cat and and Brian Dowling and Tess Daly. They were all great. So. And yeah, did great, you, great did you, um, what we used to do was go to the BBC bar after uh, the Saturday show and then literally go out. So you'd be one night, one day, one Saturday, you'd be out with S-Top 7 kind of down the best <laughs> bar in Shepherd's Bush. Did you kind of do the same over on there? Did you all go out together? It was, it was similar, although I kind of hung out with Kat more than the other two. Um, and it was more of an indie thing, like, because we were both into like, like the Strokes and Kings of Leon. Oh, okay. So we trying to get tickets for these i mean and you know uh managing to get tickets um, for these gigs and and stuff so we were looking at that really um but it's just shattering isn't it because if you've done three hours i mean you've been up since five yeah and, and then you there. just go and get horrendously drunk and then sunday's a write-off and then you're back to work on a monday oh, it was like the know, most yeah. job um okay so leaving that behind we'll quickly flick through some of the other things mile high you did which was uh on sky their raunchy yep. drama which i read about that and i loved for the third series it was actually cancelled after that because sky I wanted to go less raunchy um yeah. but yeah what was that I, I never saw it i have to admit was it did you have to do some raunchy stuff yeah it was brilliant it's very well written again it was it was very fast paced and uh, quite sort of modern for its time um and i worked with a couple of actors i worked with before adam sinclair and joanne knowles who were uh on hollyoaks moving on and hollyoaks oh yeah yeah which of course we should have mentioned you did go to do hollyoaks later hollyoaks moving on yeah at that time they did all the spin-offs which is great yeah Yes, that was, and we were in Spain back and forth. That, that was brilliant for six six months. I really enjoyed that that show as well. Yeah. And what was it like filming it? Because you felt it filmed at London Stansted and Palma de Mallorca, I think. What was it? Uh, it what, my, I always think it must be a nightmare filming airports. 
Well, yeah, I thought it would be. I mean, we had this sort of, um, we had this fake plane um, that, that they, they built. So oh, most right, of the stuff okay. was actually filmed at Three Mill Studio, you know, Bromley by by Bo. But but we did do quite a lot um, at Stansted, you know, in the main concourse and out, outside and stuff. Uh, but it was just fun. I mean, it was just great, fun cast, you know, and uh, and, and and crew. Um, so yeah, I've just got great memories of that as well. And then, obviously, Casualty, another five-year job. I mean, Casualty, uh, I've done Holby, I haven't done Casualty. It's, I mean, I found that after Soap so weird because it was single camera. I mean, Hollyoaks is more single camera, actually, anyway. But the bed scenes, I just remember, took forever. It's kind of a very different way of working, isn't it, the medical dramas? Yeah, and it was a big step up for me, you know, because, you know, you're confident on Hollyoaks and, and Mile High. You think, well, I'm I'm pretty confident. I'm not I'm not the worst here. You know, I can get by. I'm not getting in trouble. I'm I'm getting through my my scenes and not too many takes. And then you go to the casualty, you think, God, I am the worst here. <laughs> no, one, no one needs more than one take. Uh, God, that's Charlie. I've got a scene with Charlie. Oh my God. Yeah, Don't... God, you're, wow. You're, you're, you're in a voice, because I'm, I'm from Bristol and it was shot in Bristol for, for years and years and years, you know, so I was, I was a fan. So that was kind of daunting as well. But um, he was lovely and helped me settle in and, and I got used to it pretty quickly and just loved it. Very different because, it, you know, I wasn't playing a comedy character. I was very serious playing a psychiatric nurse, you know, and um, and playing much slower scenes. It was quite a clever thing to do because it's so rush, 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 fix this person, you know, don't let them die. To sort of uh, relieve the tension, they'd kind of insert these um, psychiatric scenes where it was me going, why is this person back in here? Yeah. Why have they got injuries again? Are they self-harming? Are they getting abused at home? What's happening, you know? And it was so it was a more, uh, I was more like, Miss Miss Marple, you know, trying to work out why stuff was happening, and um, I really enjoyed it. I learned loads. And how was the audition process for that? Did you audition, or was it an offer? Um, it was one audition, yeah. So I think um, I think they were kind of interested, but wanted to see how I'd be in the role. And I did one audition, and uh, yeah, I got I got offered the job, and I, I just loved it immediately. And um, the character kind of, although it's you know, I mean, it wasn't anything like like Finn. He was a Bristolian, you know, and I am too, so I could do the accent, and I think they liked the fact that I could do the slower stuff, you know. And um, yeah, and I was very, I was just getting married at the time, um, uh, so I thought, well, move to Bristol, you know, and settle down. So it was a really good move at the time. I'm now divorced. <laughs> yeah, well, that, and and not in custody, but there we go. It's a life change. Yeah, that's now normal life. Um, but you, yeah, because he was involved in really heavy, some really heavy stuff as well, wasn't it? The backstory came up. Uh, a while after you were there that you basically left your brother, not you, um, he did, left his brother paralysed and in the end died because of an alcohol addiction because of you, your character joyriding. So Matt, and then your friend came back and then she died. Massive kind of backstory. Must be, you must then know that they love you because they're investing so much in your backstory when that happens. Yeah. And again, I mean, it, that, it wasn't just that story, which was great. That, that whole story was, was, was brilliant. But, you know, Every other week, I would I would say I'd get something to do which wasn't you know just playing a nurse. It was playing a psych nurse, so I'd have to deal with some sort of psychosis. So they would give me give me um well pamphlets and DVDs. They were back in those days, not not links, you know, to read up on you know paedophilia, you know, or self harm, or you know bulimia or something. And then I, obviously I was you know fast fast tracking, going down and shadowing nurses and psychiatric nurses at the Bristol Royal Infirmary learning how to speak to people who've, who've wow. suffered these traumas. Yeah. So, I mean, it's, I mean, I've always been interested in mental health anyway. So it was, it was great to learn about a lot of that stuff. I actually self-diagnosed. <laughs> Did um, you? 
yeah, uh, ADHD. I thought, God, this is really sounding like me. And like a lot of performers, um, I have, a, well, I have ADD probably now, but as a kid, I was certainly ADHD, you know. Um, so that was interesting. I, I told my mum and she started crying and saying, I knew there was something. It wasn't your fault. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't that you were gay. It was ADHD. <laughs> um, and that's, well, that's the great thing about telly, isn't it? Because I've worked, you know, I've seriously used gardening shows and learned everything there is about know about gardening. And then I'll be on a crime show. It's kind of, our job is brilliant for that, that you kind of learn stuff that you never would in a really fast track way by the people that are like at the top of their game. Yeah, tiring but never boring, is it? I think that's the thing, is that we're so lucky. And, you know, people say, when should you leave a soap? When you're bored. Well, people yes. don't really win. People don't leave by choice unless they've got another job to go to because you don't really get bored. You haven't really got time to get bored. You know, you're kind of always learning. Um, and you've got a great cast around you most of the time. You know, you, you're really enjoying being at work. Would you go back to, I mean, I know you went back to Hollyoaks a few times because I know Jer- Jeremy Edwards, who was on the podcast as well, kind of got real flack when he went back because obviously he doesn't look like he used to back then. I mean, um, would you go, Would you consider going back ever to to kind of regain Finn in Hollyoaks? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, yeah, it was such a great character to play. I would, I would love to go back, you know, and the same with Casualty, in fact. You know, he only went off, I think he got fed up with the NHS and it's problems, really, you know, and, and the funding issues and all that. And he just went off to work in the prison service, you know, helping people there as a, as a psychiatric, I don't know, member of staff. But, um, yeah, I mean, I would I would love to go back there as well, you know. But, um, yeah, I mean, it's both those jobs. You are, it's, it's, it's interesting. You're, you're, you're learning stuff every day on casualty. And, and with, and with Hollyoaks, you've got so many storylines and things hitting. Yeah, you yeah. Back. Oh, God. I mean, if you can do Hollyoaks and those hopes, it's like you can do anything. Um, yeah. can't you it's like literally you I mean everyone says that I mean I've had people like Alan coming on who's obviously now in massive movies and he looks back at soap time and was like it's where I learned everything yeah it was Shane Shane Rich remember this very well Shane Rich he was a really nice guy I only met him once but um at the soap awards he won best actor one one year and he got up to take his award and he said look we all know I'm not the best actor here I'm not the best actor in my family um I can get by but I'm accepting this on behalf of all of us because, you know, soap actors get a lot of stick. But, yeah. You know, it's hard work. You know, we work at such a rate. You know, when you shoot a movie, you're probably doing 18 months on a 90 minute film, you know. Um, whereas here we've got to do, you know, uh, how many minutes a week are you are you doing? You know, what is it, about 50? Oh, it's, yeah. It's, I mean, it, well, basically, I always said you did. I always filmed a block, which would be normally like two hours worth of television. And you did it in like two weeks, which is basically yeah, you're amazing. making a movie every every fortnight. Yeah. And often you'd get to the point where you just just do one take and they go, right, got it moving on. And you go, oh, I, I don't think I was really in it i couldn't really feel the emotions in that one i might have got a line wrong sorry gotta move on wow okay that's gonna go out on telly oh god <laughs> yeah i mean luck- luckily as a director i wouldn't ever do that but yeah the pressure is there and then what i loved about you know soap and what eastenders you know like june brown would come on and 20 minutes after she's telling you how a day is you're going oh my god i'm half an hour behind already do you know what i mean and you have all <laughs> that to do because it's like because it's so social as well obviously a lot happens between scenes i mean on hollyoaks I think I've told this story before, but I just I was dumbfounded by how many units worked at once. And I just remember we were like next yeah. door to another team. I mean, James Sutton was supposed to be in three scenes at the same time with three different directors. <laughs> I know, I know. Well, that's what, how it is now. When I was there, two units. So yeah, you had to sort of alternate takes because you'd be doing a scene in Finn's yard and they'd be shooting something else in you know the Cunninghams, whatever. So you go okay yeah. and yeah. cut, and then they're rolling up. And- 
action and they go and silence everyone's got to be silent while they reset for the next take on on their bit yeah and then so were you as a young as a young guy obviously we picked it up at the beginning of the podcast when you were already um kind of partying and started modeling what did you want to do when you were younger did you ever think about i'm guessing you never thought about acting and stuff well to be honest i did i mean i wanted to be a footballer like a lot of boys did um but i did if i'm honest i did also fancy acting but i had a stutter all through school i had a, quite a bad stammer so i was very afraid to do any drama or speaking class even or answer the questions with the teacher you know oh right uh, okay but, but my mum uh we had an article about you know how acting can help that so she kind of <laughs> got me to do a house play i went i went to a public school um and i, I did a house play and in that i, I played a character very different to me I, I played a dinner lady so i was in drag and oh, with wow. a strong accent and I found, God, I'm not stuttering in, in an accent. It's much like, you know, singers don't stutter. You know, Gareth Gates famously. Yeah, yeah. And Rowan Atkinson um, famously puts on that, you know, very posh voice and over-enunciates Bob, all that, all that stuff. That's because of uh, his stutter. Um, so, yeah, I kind of I kind of realised pretty quickly while doing Hollyoaks, I'm actually enjoying this and I can get by, you know, and uh, it really helped me. That's really interesting. I never actually thought of that that much about that. Um, if you're younger and you got stuff, it is a great thing to do, I suppose. Putting on a different a different face and a different thing, and then yeah. obviously later on in life, uh, you've now got a family. I mean, that must change stuff as well. I suppose does it does it make choosing jobs harder? Because obviously, when as we all know, when you're young, free and single, and you can move to wherever for six months, but obviously life becomes more complicated, doesn't it, when you get older? Yeah, well, your listeners are going to hate me for this, but um, it's actually been quite good timing for me. This this whole sort of pandemic and energy crisis and Brexit, actually, because finally at the age of forty eight, I became a father, and my girlfriend Sarah. Amazing, yeah. Thank you, mate. Best thing I've ever done. Um, and my girlfriend Sarah and I were sort of planning, you know, for a couple of years to do that and saving up and saving up, and then just as it happened you know she was four months pregnant when lockdown started the first one um so i planned to take time off because she's got a proper job and she gets paid well you know so it's like okay well i've got property and i've got savings uh, and you've got a good job i think we can make this work you know one of us could stay at home so i've been staying at home um and doing the night shifts and you know even now she's almost three now maya but she gets up and you know climbs into bed and all that most most nights um, and then doing the, the nursery run and on her days off from nursery, I'm, I'm with her. So I'm, I'm available for that. But um, yeah, so, I mean, I, I was scared that I'd be missing out on work and, you know, kicking myself. But there hasn't been much work, you know, because of the aforementioned cri- crises. Yeah, you were kind of <laughs> at home it, and it was at what a time to enjoy your family when you couldn't do that, when you couldn't do anything else. How amazing. Yeah, I've got so many friends of mine, actors, who've said, look, mate, don't miss these first five years. I was away just, you know, working as hard as I could to to put bread on the table. And I missed stuff happening. I'd, I'd come home after a week on tour and go, oh, well, my child's learned to walk. Oh, I missed it. You yeah. know, or they've, they've grown loads. Oh, they're not really sure who I am. I've been away for a month, you know. Um, so I've, I've been so lucky again. I've just been so lucky in my life, really. But um yeah, so that's that's been uh, the last three years almost has been that really. But I just done um, well. I did um, We Hunt Together, which is a, a show with the brilliant Eve Miles. That's on iPlayer at the moment. I did one episode of that. 
Amazing. Know, You've well, done, you did The Outlaws with Stephen Merchant, didn't you, in episode yeah, which, Amazing. Which, yeah, which was great. Big, big hero of mine, comedy hero. And it was brilliant. I did my scenes with him, you know, talking across a desk with him. That was brilliant fun. Uh, so those are the two things I've done most recently. And I, I do stand up at, at uh, the weekends. I've been doing stand up for 14 years. Yeah. Um, and how does how did that? Because, again, I mean, we go to stand up all the time in Leeds. I absolutely love stand up. Um, but it is the most, I think, scary job I could never imagine, even though I can public speak and I can I'm happy in front of like big groups of people talking. But I can't imagine getting up there with that first joke. I mean, what, what, what was it again something that you always wanted to do or did you fall into it? Yeah, well, like you, I was always a big comedy fan. I used to go to um, comedy clubs and, and watch all the time. I was very lucky. I saw Peter Kay when he when he first started Amazing. in Liverpool. You know, to see him every Thursday for like three quid. Um, he was the MC of a club there. Um, and then I just fancied doing it um, and learning. And it, it's a great skill to learn. But it's like any job, you know, there are tricks and, you know, smoke and mirrors. You know, you're, you're, you're learning mainly how to look confident on stage so that yes. your material when it doesn't go well the audience don't really notice you know because as soon as you let them know that you aren't confident or you know you're not enjoying yourself it gets very tense you know um i, I just loved it i mean even my first gig my first ever gig <laughs> obviously died on my ass but I came <laughs> did you yeah you did yeah, yeah. I came off stage and said to the um, the, um, the MC, can I go back on? <laughs> That's a sign of something, you know. Um, but I just love it. It's brilliant fun. And I get to watch because I, you know, on most comedy, as you know, most on most comedy bills, you get three or four comedians. Yes, yeah. Um, so you get to watch three other com- three other comics, and often you know they're at different levels. One's the headliner has been going twenty years, whatever, and one's new but exciting, you know. And the other ones in the middle there, some somewhere. And often, you know, even now, now it's getting better because we're getting more diversity. So you're not getting three straight white middle aged no, men. No, no, yeah, lots of women, lots of people of different, yeah, race. It's amazing. I mean, have you ever yeah. done the Leeds one at the Hi Fi Club in Leeds? I yes, I was. I was going to mention the Hi Fi because Toby Jones, who runs it and books it. Um, has booked me a lot. He's got lots of gigs, and that, that is probably his best gig. So, yeah, I'm, I'm pleased. I was going to ask you if you've been, been to that one. It's a great Yeah, gig. it's amazing. Oh, yeah, well, you have to come back. You have to come back. And yeah, it. yeah. yeah. Well, it's, it's, it's harder now because I'm doing the nursery one. I can't really leave London until 7 when Sarah gets home from work. Right, okay. <laughs> so, yeah, that's, yeah. Well, I can do Saturdays, but uh, yeah, it's it's a long way to go for just for just one gig and come come back. It, it makes more um, sense financially to, to to go and do you know three the nights local ones, three. yeah. And yeah. Uh, where 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 is your favourite? Pl- I mean, do you find audiences? I mean, I always ask this more to musicians, but do you find audiences different around the country, or is it not yeah. really? Yeah. Definitely. I mean, London is is kind of famous for or infamous for having quite sort of quiet, a hard audience pensive. to get going. Yeah. Yeah, they'll they'll sort of nod and say that's clever, that's funny. <laughs> well, when, when you actually laugh, then, um, and then the, the further away you go from London, the more appreciative they are that, that you've made the effort, and they've made an effort. Often they've this is their big night out of the month, you know, so it's, they're all kind of more dressed up and more up up for it. The West Country is 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 very easy because it's it's quite a friendly, slower place. Um, Liverpool's meant to be quite tough because obviously Scousers are the funniest people in Britain. <laughs> yes, yeah, <laughs> but, yeah, yeah. Um, it's a tough crowd. I mean, I always think Leeds is quite. A, uh, I thought living in London for so many years and then coming here, everything's just much. I mean, I love London, but much night. I mean, everyone's just much more friendly. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I to be 
I really do enjoy everywhere because I, I enjoy, enjoy the sort of challenge of having to tweak my approach and my material to different areas of, of the con- country. But, um, but yeah, I mean, even Liverpool, you know, I've got family there and I've got a lot of knowledge there. I lived there for, for, for four and a half years. So I've got stuff that I can relate to and I can reference. And yeah, um, I just, I'm very lucky. Again, I keep saying it, but I do love my jobs. And when you say jobs, actually, because it's not just uh, TV you've done and modelling, you've also done stage and obviously you've done the tour of the Full Monty, the, probably the biggest Hindu gatherings ever, I would say. How was that? <laughs> yeah, it really was. It was like that. You know, it was um, we had lots and lots of Hindus in and I guess the female to male ratio was about 80-20, I would guess. Um, and they were pretty raucous. We had some really big... What was it? It was nine months. I think we did something like... Um, wow, nine oh, months. How, yeah, how, how, many, so how many weeks is that? I, I didn't oh, know God, how was many that like, So that was a tour that was like a week, was it, in each place? Or did you do less than a week? Yeah, it was a week in each place. I think it was two weeks in Sheffield, but it was a week in each place. So eight shows in each place. Wow. So how, how many shows is that? It's a lot of shows, isn't it? That's a lot um, of shows. That's a lot of different 80% of women, 20% of men going for their <laughs> one night out for a... For a ladies' night out, and who who was in the? Because obviously that's toured. It's quite, it's a, obviously a very successful show. Who were you in it with? Uh, Gary Lucy uh, was was the lead playing Gaz, and then um, Kai Owen played Dave, uh, and then Andy Dunn played Gerald. Uh, Joe Gill, who you know well, yes, I know, yeah, yeah, he was Lomper, uh, uh, and Lewis Emmerich played Horse, and they had a great supporting cast as well. And then you were the guy who had to, who had the uh, rather large package, and we've already talked about this. And you had to wear a prosthetic, and apparently it fell off one night. That must have been yeah. uh, your worst nightmare, I suppose. It was hilarious because my entrance uh, is the end of Act One, where it's the audition scene, and Horse and I both get picked. And so, you know, if you remember the film, you know, I the do, cell, but you it, calling the other one a horse because obviously your character was the one known for it, wasn't it? So, or was that's that? It. Yeah, the, the other one was called horse, sort of sarcastically because he had oh, a small right, one. Okay, yeah, but um, so yeah, I, uh, the, the lead character, Gary Lucy's character, says, Oh, well, you can't sing and you can't dance, what can you do? And I say, Well, there is this, and I drop my trousers, and then this sort of 12 inch prosthetic drops. I'm uh, facing him with my back to the audience. It drops sort of between my legs. Um, and I sort of swing it about as the curtain comes down slowly to huge applause, you know, and, and sort of shrieks of laughter. And one night it fell off, <laughs> so, which was great. So I'm sort of swinging it about and it fell off. And what was even better was that it landed just sort of below my legs that were sort of spread apart. And Gary Lucy perfectly just sort of knelt beneath my legs and handed it to me so he was sort of framed by my leg Amazing. and then the start of that yeah and then at the start of act two uh we're doing our first rehearsal in our pants and i've got this other prosthetic in so i mean it's, it's crazy it's about you know nine inch prosthetic sort of in this pair of briefs and uh of course i had it in and and gary said uh just ad, sort of ad-libbed with them um, uh oh don't don't worry mate they obviously put it back in did they you're okay no one noticed <laughs> <laughs> amazing and i mean the tricks the traits so what happens because i i actually haven't seen the show but i know at the end obviously in the film you can film things very differently but on the stage the reveal is kind of these group of you know working lads finally do a performance and obviously strip off and in the film obviously it goes behind but obviously you're facing the audience and i know because my mate's done it matthew wolfenden and uh you know the lights go down but i've always thought 
still surely you've got an audience full of people with camera phones you know and obviously you don't want those pictures circulating so could anyone actually see or was it kind of totally blinded to the audience well supposedly yeah i had a few friends go and um a couple of them sat on the on the far ends of the front couple of rows and there you can see apparently because um because as as we do this big finale dance, um, we strip off right at the end. You know, like the the last bit is throwing these hats away that were covering us. You know, uh, and they're blasted with, with 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 light. So we're suddenly silhouettes. You know, um, so standing there naked, but silhouetted. But if you're not facing the stage, if you're on the side in the wings kind of thing, then you're not hit by the light. So you can see everything. Yeah, that's quite funny because normally those seats, the ones advertisers kind of like, you don't get a full view of the show actually <laughs> for that show. That's the full view. So anyone going to the next tour of the Full Monty, heard it here exclusively, get the uh, end seats <laughs> near the front and you're going to get the full view. Um, and obviously, Soap the Box, we have to mention as well, we kind of mentioned it before, but you also went into Corrie and Emmerdale, but let's just mention yeah. Corrie, otherwise we'll be here all day. I mean, that must have been, what was that like as an expert? Because obviously Hollyoaks and Casualty, main cast member, obviously I've directed lots of soaps where you have big names coming in to play guest parts, but must be very different because suddenly you're not the one that's like the you know the the cast that's there all the time suddenly you're entering into something which is obviously as we all know is phenomenal when you walk into the rovers and it's like oh my god i can't believe i'm yeah. here was it was it very different than working on Hollyoaks where you were kind of established yeah i mean you know it was daunting obviously walking into such an iconic show and you know i had scenes in uh, the rovers um but i'd met kim marsh before i was playing kim marsh's love interest um she's having this little sort of um new relationship while simon gregson's character um is in a bit of a slump and has split up with her um so i had some great scenes with with her she was so lovely to me she was really well she was brilliant uh, she's one of the best she was so brilliant him in it as well i thought she was really yeah and she was so so welcoming to me and you know just said oh you know lovely to see you you know because we did a bit of work on smtv cd uk back in the day of course when she was in here say yeah that's it and i think yeah she's a hollywood you know so so she was very you know encouraging and then i only did about i think it was sort of seven or eight episodes and when i left she got me a bottle of champagne and you know oh, that's bunch nice. of flowers. and so also nice. i suppose for you because casualties the same as Hollywood, and it's single camera was it weird so because there's not many i mean literally there's hardly any shows on telly like soap that are filmed, apart from live studio shows that are filmed multi-camera did you find that weird that experience yeah, it was easier for some reason on Corrie. Um, with with Emmerdale, it was I don't know. I kind of it was the first time I think I'd done it on. I did Emmerdale I think two years before. Or, oh, okay, or so before. yeah, yeah. And that was you know definitely the whole case. You sort of think, okay, well that was they bought the first take. It wasn't my best. I'll be better in in my close up. Oh no, we've got three sizes done already. We've we've got a wide shot, a two shot, and a close yeah, up like, done. Oh. And also, I mean, I know as a director, I mean, I would, I mean, I, I have to say, I would always go performance. I would go again practice, but. The thing for everyone listening when you're doing multi-camera is not only is the performance got to be good, but you can so easily get, you can block out someone or you can get a shadow over you and the camera cannot quite be in position. There's so many more elements you're looking at, which is so annoying as a director as well. Because, I mean, again, you probably had to learn quite quickly that hitting your mark actually is so vital on stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, sort of, you know, four times more vital because you've got four different cameras on you, so you can't block any of them um, or your colleagues you can't block block them from those four cameras you know so yeah it's really vital i think everyone needs to look if you haven't seen it as well look it up on youtube there's a scene a famous cory scene where um or no it's emmerdale where and how this got re- stayed in because obviously as a director you go, go through the edits and see it so many times but there was a it cuts a shot there's a cameraman with one of the big camera peds right behind the bar in the middle of the scene. oh really 
Oh, that's brilliant so right well listen it's been amazing to have you on the podcast like what's in store for the future i'm guessing obviously you're a dad at the moment new dad so that's taking up probably quite a bit of time uh you've got comedy still you know it's chance you might go back to Hollyoaks or Corrie. would would that be on the table for you would you like to do that yeah i'd love to i mean i'm just hoping more of the same really i mean i've been up for some nice uh sitcoms and and dramas recently um and like any actor, I would, I'd love to do a movie, like a nice gritty British movie or something, you know. I love what Shane Meadows does, you know, but everyone does really. That that sort of thing would be my dream. Um, awesome theatre. Um, so, yeah, I'm just open to whatever happens next. And, you know, I love the soap. I love, I love being in a big team at all the soaps as well. So, yeah, whatever's um, coming my way, I'll, I'll gladly be. Because a tour actually exactly. is really hard work, isn't it, though? I mean, nine, God, a nine-month tour. I've got so many actor friends who... Really, even if they're out of work, really have to um and ah about because as you get older, it gets harder to go on nine months tours, doesn't it? It's like yeah, what I would I would love to go on a nine month tour, but my partner would kill me because we've yes. got three year old. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you might have to take. You're probably not quite in the like J Lo league where they probably have a dressing room for the baby as well. Do you know what I mean? No, that's it. Yeah. So, uh, like, what- got to do pick up you've got to do bar time you've got to you've got to feed the child what are you doing I've got yeah to well, you'd work. have someone to do that for you if you're j-lo wouldn't you do you know what i mean i can't <laughs> imagine j-lo you know doing a makeup doing all that well anyway mate it's been a pleasure thank you for coming on pleasure thank you for having me and uh i'll definitely come and see you in stand-up and hopefully we'll work together on some kind of drama very soon because yeah. uh off, off mic we've been talking about stuff so yeah listen amazing to have you on and take care thank you likewise Thank you so much to the brilliant James Redmond. It's so nice reminiscing and going back in time and remembering some of those stories from my past and James's past. Hope you're enjoying the series. If there's anyone you want me to interview, please follow us on social media at Soap from the Box. Drop us a message and let us know and we will endeavour to get that person on the show. Remember, there's over 80 episodes of Soap from the Box and Pop from the Box for you to listen to right now. So sit back. It's such horrible weather at the moment. Get a cup of tea and enjoy. Maybe not 80 at once. You'll get really sick of me. But anyway, I will see you next week with Coronation Street star Lucy Fallon. 